Welcome to the Awaken to Reggio podcast and the second part of my interview with Amelia Gambetti, where she will continue to share her amazing stories of teaching in the Reggio Municipal Preschools and her interactions with Laura Smalaguzzi and Carlina Rinaldi. Amelia also reveals to us an insider's perspective on the iconic Reggio project, an amusement park for birds, in which she was one of the participating teachers. I know you will enjoy listening to Amelia's fascinating journey as we become Awakened to Reggio. I know that so many people around the United States who are studying the Reggio approach are I know they're asking me a lot about documentation all the time, and I'm sure that you get questions about it as well. And some of the myths and misunderstandings about it that, that we hear a lot. I'm, I'm thinking about something that Jennifer, who is a mutual friend, Jenna Zaridi, who um, I had the privilege of interviewing on a previous podcast, but but you were her true mentor. And friend, colleague and friend. Yes, colleague <laughs> and friend. And and at MELC, one of the first Reggio-inspired schools in this country, and, and more recently at St. John's Episcopal, where, where she is. Something that she shared with me that you said to, to her and to the educators Looking at the documentation, you said something about, and forgive me if I'm not going to say it properly, but you said, how, how do the children understand this documentation? How are they reading this? Can you talk a little bit about that? That one of the biggest misunderstanding is that documentation is a result of something. Instead, documentation is an ongoing process about giving visibility to the learning, to the building knowledge, to the way in which um, experiences are lived according to certain kind of elements. So therefore, a display, and the, the, another thing is that quite often the displays go up when they are done, they're finished. Instead, how much it is also important to organize a space in the classroom that is intentional, in which uh, the memories of your work are there. The development of the experience is represented as it is built. That maybe this is something that is not so much accepted by the teachers, maybe, because the teachers have expectation about something that is done. It is done. But instead of being done, how much value can have if children can can see the development of the process. And then, yes, it is for the families, yes. But at the same time, it is for the children, for their memories, for their competence, for the visibility of their competence, for the visibility of their potentialities and of their contributions. But it is also for the teachers. Through a sequence in process of the work, 
the teachers can also reflect about their work. It was said that documentation is an action of democracy because, because you offer to others in a very democratic way something that everybody can read, can talk about, can share, can reflect about, and can become a topic for conversations. The fact that children can read it, this is another important part. What does that mean? It is about the teacher's responsibility to think of something in process that can be read by the children. Read images, objects, uh, photographs, children's work, something that can attract children and can be readable by the children. Up to the point that I will never forget when in my career as a teacher, uh, at a certain point, I dedicated time and uh, intention to um, uh, put together a display with a group of children. I, st I started at the beginning, even when children were three years old. Before gluing something, I asked, what is this about? What do you think? And you see, and, and, and it was a moment when uh, many of our displays had the titles of the children. It were part of the experience. So instead of having a title that I put there, not necessarily all the, the displays, or, or a quote from one of their conversations, but I share it with the children. So therefore, children felt to be the protagonist mm. of their growth, the protagonist of their experience, and they were so proud of it because they could read it. And the success of the parents' interest about the displays is many times in the hands of the children. Because the more the children are aware of what is up, the more children take the parents in front of the display. And they explain it. They know how to explain it. For what I remember and for what I have seen also working at Inglesiva, also in other schools, it is something that opened the eyes of the parents about children and their potentialities, children and their capabilities. That it is not only about their own child, it is about the childhood. Then there are many other responsibilities in terms of displays that you have in a classroom. A teacher has the responsibility that all the children are represented because it is respectful for the children, respectful for the parents, but also very much a support for the teachers that realize if all the children are really part of experiences in small groups. When you work in groups, you know, you have to pay a lot of attention about the composition of the group, uh, the reaction of the children in the groups, and when you offer as a document of your work what the children have done, you have to make sure that children are there. Otherwise, so children feel deprived of something yeah. important. Up to the point, something that we did also 
in Washington DC, we, we did also in St. Louis, so when I stayed in St. Louis, um, was that at the end of the week, um, we spent time to read our environment. We went around with small groups of children just to read together what it was there. Mm. This didn't mean that we read it, no. Children read to us. When children are aware of what they have done, it becomes a huge support in terms of the construction of their self-identity, self-esteem, and the construction of trust and confidence in terms of the teachers. Because they realize that the teachers are taking seriously what they are thinking about. I'm not saying it's easy. I'm not saying it's easy. If we bring the children to look at the room with us, then we really get a lot of strong understanding about what this means to them and, and what is the work that is truly happening in the classroom, what knowledge is being also what, also what we missed. Yeah. Because yeah. when I remember in Washington, D.C. with Jennifer, when Jennifer did it with a group of children, and I observed the situation, and then we talk about it, and then, and then uh, sometimes she said, we could have done it differently in order for the children. You see, that part about uh, uh, not being satisfied, being always demanding about yeah. what you have done, what you could have done, what you should do. That is, uh, that I think brings you back every time to that part about uh, you try, you make an attempt, you do it, you take your risks, but, but then when you revisit it, sometimes I say, I missed this. Yeah. I could have done this differently. And being demanding and not being satisfied about what you do, mm-hmm. it, it is another big aspect of the personality of a teacher that Maraguchi yeah. taught. Well, that sort of, that makes me think about what you, you wrote this beautiful tribute to Malaguzzi. And one of the, the quotes that you shared was about the responsibility that, that we have as, as educators in the, and adults in the lives of children. And, and so I think a lot of what you've been speaking about just now is about this responsibility, about our role with children. And I'm wondering, what are some of the ways that you you would say it's our responsibility to think a little bit differently, to bring ourselves a little bit differently um, as we as we come into the classroom with the children? But, but, but you see, to think differently, um, and I, I, I totally understand it because uh, uh, as it, as it was for me, it is for the teacher. It implies a huge effort, a huge effort, because you have always to continue to think. Yeah. And so you get very tired because you cannot stop thinking. Yes, we wake up in the middle of the night and, and we're thinking. It's something that, you know, keep you, from my point of view, it keeps you alive. Yes. It is, it is that kind of uh, nothing without joy that Malaguti was used to say. The joy comes from, from a big effort. 
Hmm. If you reach something through a big effort, the joy multiplies. It was so, so hard, so hard, that when you get, for instance, the respect of children, then it's a huge joy. No matter what, it is a huge joy. Yeah. Yeah. And that, that quote uh, really means that, that wow. nothing without joy is really about the comparison between joy and effort. So going back to the teacher and, uh, and that part about the responsibility, I think that uh, um, it implies a shift in the style of being a teacher. A teacher that guides or a teacher that learn more how to launch maybe some experiences, but then with the support of children, making the experiences bigger and more articulated. What does it mean? It means that it is a right that the teachers have to launch experiences with children. Because that part about um, that sometimes has been, has been very, very misinterpreted about listening to the children. Hmm. We are, we, in this school, we are listening to the children. Careful, because if you listen to the children and if you follow the children, and this is something I have said many times in seminars, children are so smart that they take you where they want to take. And I experienced it, I did experience it, because uh, uh, when, you know, when then I became a teacher, then uh, I had a classroom, I had my co-teacher, and then, and then uh, we started to invest more and more in the conversation with children. Number one, to learn how to converse with the children is a project itself, itself in which way you have a conversation with children. How many children, the formation of the group, where, in which space, with which kind of things around you. It is a study itself. And then uh, you, try, you, you try many strategies. I remember that in Washington DC, uh, when we started our strategies, uh, we started uh, to come up with the questions, okay? Let's see. A question, which kind of question can we prepare? Super. And we prepare questions about a topic that was part of our, uh, the organization of our experiences. But then the difficult part is you have questions. Okay. Then children answer. Then at a certain point, children take another direction. Then you are there and what do you do? What did I do when I was a young teacher and I was learning? I started to take the direction of the children. I didn't, I didn't follow my direction, okay? Yeah. I took the direction of the children. The point is that they didn't go anywhere. I mean that at the end of, uh, in our weekly uh, professional development with Carla Rinaldi, that at that time was the pedagogist of the school, I said, okay, let's read the conversation. The topic was the questions I organized were, and the children, but then, you know, Carla, I, I listened to the children and I followed the children. Okay, where did you go? 
nowhere because they jumped to another topic and they didn't know what to do. Fine. Then we started to see how many times the children did it. And then we started to see, okay, let's try to record the conversation and then let's try to find out when the children take another direction. Okay. Because also Carla was searching. I mean, we were searching together. So remember that I am talking about a period in which we were, we have already adopted a style, okay? That was not traditional. The child, the image of the child, the image of the school, the image of the adults, fine. Then all the previous learning about reading books and so on. All other learning about what children should learn in that period, you know, about the shapes, about colors, about environment, about numbers, about I mean, that part that in the States is called the domain, were also part of we studied. So we also knew that, okay? But then children and what children should learn. Then there was that part about understanding in which way we could find we could find a strategy to bring the children in in order to see how many new ideas they had that we didn't have maybe yeah. to know so we were in we were building you see so i am talking about something in the process in terms of you know what you hear now yeah. being a partner in learning the environment seen as a third teacher then collaboration as a solid, you see, now you, yeah. you know all of those quotes, but all of those quotes come from the theory that we read from those important people I mentioned before, the theory that we built because of our experience, right? And, but then the way in which that theory had become a practice, so yeah. that the theory is supporting the practice and the practice will support the theory so that research was an ongoing research mm. about weaving together yeah. the theory and the practice meanwhile we were building an approach because we were building a new approach something that didn't exist so yeah. meaning you don't find books that teach you how to learn to have a conversation with children. You can find the books that teach you how to include the parents in the participation in the life of the school. You don't. Yeah, yeah. You don't read the books in which they tell you how the teachers learn from the children, from the children, but no, it's impossible. Okay, so instead with our uh, process uh, and our uh, intuition, I would say, our motivation. Of course, Malaguzzi was always observing this carefully. We were very much videotaped, yeah. very much observed. That I have to say that at that time, I don't know how many times I was videotaped, observed, and I was so angry. <laughs> <laughs> Please don't do it anymore. <laughs> no, 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 no. And then 
<clears throat> remember, Amelia, that when you will notice in the video your own mistakes, hmm. huge achievement. Yeah. <laughs> wow. It helped me and us in some way to create a sort of detachment from it is a professional, it hmm. is private. You are in a school, yeah. you are a professional. Yeah, so and, and the work a... belongs to the system and not just okay. to yourself. Yeah, exactly. Okay, yeah. now if you put all this in terms of the responsibility of the teachers, then I would say that the difficulties that the teachers have, from my point of view, is very much connected to what they already know what they have already read, what they were taught about, instead of okay, opening up to something that they don't know. That part about welcoming the unknown and searching with the children, that unknown that can become a source of learning in which the processes of building a knowledge but even more, the process of building the way in which you learn how to think hmm. will never leave you. That part about respect, for instance. That part about dignity. That part about being proud of something. That part about if I think I know that there is a solution. Hmm. That part stays with you. So if I go back to a second to the recording of the conversation with the children that we did with Carla Rinaldi, it was extremely interesting because we found out after two or three conversations that the shift of the children came when my answer or the conversations that was developed put them in front of a problem they were asked to solve. I, I, I had the children five to six. I used the tape recorder in the classroom and we listened to the conversation, okay? And I shared with them what I found out. So you brought that right back yes. to the children. Yes. Yes. Yeah. And that was a characteristic, I think, to bring back to the children what happens I think it is a huge um, sense of respect for the children yeah. because they feel that you are there for them, with them, hmm. in order to build a situation together. Wow. And then you are really collaborating with the children. And that part of trust and respect yeah. You know, is, is, uh, is built. Could you share a story with us about a problem that came up that you then collaborated with the children on where they, you did stay at, in that problem with them? What, what came of that? I, I, I want to stay connected with Malaguzzi. Yes. And with the, the last project that he did, actually, that was the amusement park for birds. Yeah. yeah. Oh. 
the project done in collaboration with uh, Lella Gandini, George Forbes, there was a video. The amusement park for birds project is some a sort of classic project that you can look up online and, and find out a lot about. I think it's something we all, anyone who's studying the Reggio approach should really be looking and studying about that. Yeah, I agree, I agree with you because uh, uh, the um, request that came from uh, Lella and George, uh, they asked Malaguzzi to give more visibility to the role of the teachers, okay? Um, they ask, let's have the teachers more in action hmm. so we can see in which way um, the teachers collaborate with the children, the children collaborate with the teachers. Okay. <clears throat> I was the teacher along with my co-teacher, along with the artillerist of the school, so it was a long study and we, you know the, the story, I mean, many people yeah. know the story. Um, <laughs> There was a, a moment in which we got stuck. We got stuck um, and it was about the function of the paddle, the position of the paddle. We got stuck there because uh, we were trying to understand why children, even if they have done really big effort to come up with solutions about many things. That part about the function of the paddle, you say paddle? Paddle, like in the, paddle. it moved around and around and moved the water. The paddle was, yeah, the paddle was yeah. in the wrong position. Hmm. So meaning that, okay. The, meaning the paddle didn't fish water, didn't bring water. Yeah, it was like, sort of pointing the wrong direction to... No bring the water. In that direction, the paddle could not take the water, could not make the, 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 the meal work. Okay, then we tried with different materials. So let, let's try to do it with other materials. Okay? Wait, at this, at this point, did the children recognize that it wasn't gonna work or the no. was that the adults? No, the children said, this is how it works. Okay. Uh, this is um, this, all the conversations uh, that I did with the children showed that the children were convinced in some way that in that position it worked. Okay. Okay. But because we were in the process to build, really build uh, wheels and, and water wheels because we had the fountains, blah, blah, blah. That was something that <laughs> make us stuck. Huh? Ideas, ideas. So we got together and then we said, okay, let's try with different materials. Let's try with the drawing. Uh, let's try with the uh, marker. Okay, marker and then, but it's not that we were experimenting, okay? So we tried, every time bringing in another part of the story, okay? So it was something children didn't feel forced to do at all. Yeah. It was a pleasure for them to do this, to do that. And then let's try with this material, let's try with this material, let's try with the clay, let's try with the, the marker, then the pencil, hoping that the, 
um, what do you say, when you can- uh, The eraser. The eraser could help them. Nothing, 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 nothing. Okay, super. Then uh, we came up with the idea of pinwheel, hey, pinwheels. And then uh, we had that all, we asked the parents, uh, Let's bring pinwheels at school because we want to make different games about this, about that. Ta, 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 ta. We had the, the pinwheels ready, but then in that morning, at the beginning of the morning, I didn't want to give up. You know, I didn't want to give up. I said, okay, there is, it has to be a solution. <laughs> it is impossible that these children have reached so huge a result and we are stuck for a puddle, but it's not possible. Okay. And at this point, am, am I right, Amelia, that you are working to scaffold wh where they are with this, right, in a sense? Because they're there and they feel like, oh, this is fine, yeah, but... More than scaffold, I utilize the strategy of revisiting. Hmm. Okay, okay. what you have done. Okay, let's try to remember where we are now, okay? So now we are at this point. Yesterday we did this. Why don't you try to read it? You know, remember the display, yeah. the drawing, the photograph, and the children literally read it. Da, 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 read it. Uh, I had the three um, displays left that the, the day before I didn't have time to do to read it with the one child that was a part of the project, and that the child was at home, so he could not revisit his panel. So it was early in the morning. My co-teacher was downstairs and I said, okay, listen, I want to take Daniele, was the name of the child, upstairs just to revisit what he did because yesterday we didn't have time. So then we have done with the 12 children. Now then we feel confident. Okay, I went to the atelier. The child came with me. We sat on the floor. There is also an image, I think the book or the exhibit. We sat on the floor and I said, okay, this is your display still in process. Why don't you, why don't we revisit what you have done? And he, he had made already the drawing of a water mill, water mill. Yeah with a drawing, with the paddle in the wrong position. A drawing with the pencil, wrong position. A paint with the watercolor, wrong position. Oh, wow. I'm talking about only that display. Then he made a uh, wheel in a, in a paper, out of paper, with the paddle in the wrong position. Hmm. That was not glued, it was just on the panel like this, on the floor, just like this. Then, uh, okay, he revisited the drawing, he revisited the, the, clay, the, the watercolor, then uh, the, the pencil, then uh, he stopped in front of uh, the paper. And he said, did I do it? And I said, yeah, this is your, I mean, you see, you wrote your name, because they put the right, you wrote your name. This is your, you remember that? Yes, I remember that. But Amelia, that is wrong. <laughs> Listen, uh, my, I still uh, remember the effort I made to stay quiet. 
I said, oh, really? But why? He said, but the paddle has a wrong position. In this way, the paddle cannot take, I don't know if you can fish, you know, how can you use it? You can take the water, the paddle cannot, and, the, and then the water will, will not work. Hmm. And I said, but are you really sure? And what can we do? And he said, let me do it. He takes the paddle, he unglued, unglued the paper, and then take the other glue, and he glued the paper in the, the right position. Wow. And then he moved all the others, and he said, now it works. Then he goes around like this, and there is a table full of clay water mills with the paddle in the wrong position. Wrong. <laughs> he started to run downstairs. Guys, guys, your clay, your clay wheels are all wrong. The position of the paddle. Okay. Wow. Then it was a, a, a movement. I remember that the atelierista was there. But he said, what is happening? He said, breathe. You breathe normally. And he said, look at these children, they're going everywhere. Don't worry, don't worry about the children. I am upstairs with them. And they started to come upstairs. And under the guidance of the boy, they moved all the puppets. Okay. Wow. And then they unglued the other puddle, the other puddle they had done with the wire. They moved the wire. And that was it. Hmm. <laughs> I'm just, I'm getting, I'm getting chills just imagining this. I think it took uh, more than one week, more than one week, really and, more than one week, because then after doing that, you can imagine the excitement yeah. in the classroom. Oh, we didn't think of it. Mama, what a male, mama. You didn't notice it. I said, no, I didn't, <laughs> yeah, but I didn't notice everything. Oh, look at this, look at that. We are so happy, blah, 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 blah. And then uh, at that point, I remember that uh, my co-teacher came in with the um, pinwheels. Said, look, what, the, what your parents brought for us to play. Let's go down and boom. And then we went down, we started to run in the parks. And then they said, look, it looks like the movement of blah, blah. Ah. Meaning, like, this, this is, a, I think it can be also an example about responsibility. In this case, the responsibility is about the teachers mm. who have the responsibility about not talking. Because it is difficult. I know that it's difficult because I, I went through it. So I know that it's difficult. But that is why that shift yeah. really helps you to gain an attitude hmm. in which uh, your identity and your personality becomes a sort of uh, um, wholeness with the children. See? So you are with them. Yes, yes. You are there with them, not for them. Yes. Or you are for them, but also with them, both. Because, yeah. you know, if, if you anticipate because you want to solve the problems, you take away from the children the opportunity to do it by themselves, mm. to be proud about yeah. their intelligence and the richness of their thinking. But you have to learn how to keep your mouth shut. And, and really, be you were in it 
also as you oh, gave time, right? Time, time, time. Yeah. That is the other. Uh, that is the the, the the other aspect that a role of a teacher should include always in the intentionality of their work. The value of time. Yeah. Time to think. Time to reflect time to learn how to enjoy time, see? Yeah. To see time as a friend, not as, as, as an enemy, mm. because you waste time. Waste time for what? I mean, you are running where? Just to have a solution, maybe in a shorter time, instead of waiting. But then in that short time, how much you take away from children's intelligence? to learn about their intelligence. Wow. And, I, I think uh, that is such a beautiful message to end on now and, and to think about this time in, in our history and, and in the world right now and to sort of think about this, this aspect of time. What are we rushing for? What are we rushing to? And, and being with children in this as, as their their partners. Yeah, I, I totally agree with you about this time of our life. It is too difficult, so difficult. How many more responsibilities uh, the adults have? That means the parents, that means the teachers have. And in which way the concept and the value of participation also implies an additional important meaning, especially in this moment when we really need the collaboration of the others, we really need to uh, and deserve, have the right to have this uh, opportunity to share difficulties together and to learn how much educators and the parents have a responsibility in terms, uh, even in terms of uh, this period of life that is, that if it is difficult, for the adults, it is three times more difficult for the children. Yeah. A different intuition teachers have to have, different motivation in order to keep an environment in a broader sense, respectful for this painful moment that we are living. Yeah, and to just really hold on to those values that, we, that we've always had. I feel, for instance, now that I am having this uh, new style of professional, virtual professional development. And I have this kind of real admiration of these teachers uh, that go to school even earlier in the morning, but even early in the morning. Uh, and we spent the time to talk about, uh, you know, what the children understand, what we could do in order to support a better yeah. uh, still their joy for life, hmm. <laughs> kind of, you know, which kind of yeah. strategies we can come up with. And I have a lot of admiration for all the teachers that in this period, the difficult period of our life, are collaborating with me that I am beyond the notion. Yeah. <laughs> and we talk about, we talk about the children, their potentialities, the human beings, the values, that is so important for our life. 
Well, I so appreciate you collaborating across the ocean with me today and, and with our listeners. I know I, I'm sitting here uh, having trouble speaking just because I'm just listening and taking in every word that you are saying. And, and I've learned so much today. I know that our listeners will, will really gain so much out of everything that you've shared about your experiences, your passion, your wisdom that you've given us. I don't know. I don't know. Passion, you, yes. I know. <laughs> well, I, I know. And, and I, I do want to thank Jen Azaridi, uh, who is, is a friend and, and a colleague and, and a mentor to me and, and somebody that you have been in, in her heart and her life for it's all these years. I, yeah, Jennifer and I started to be colleagues and friends uh, since 1993. Yes. And, and every time we meet, even if... Uh, maybe we meet one year and then after two years we meet again it seems that we have just left each other i'm just so grateful for the time that you've given us thank you so much thank and you so much and i hope that um, at least i encounter your expectation at least half of what you were expecting oh my goodness well well beyond all of my expectations keep in touch If you want to know more about the Reggio approach or any of my guests, please contact me at sandylanesconsulting at gmail.com, S-A-N-D-Y-L-A-N-E-S consulting at gmail.com or visit me at sandylanesconsulting.com. Mm-hmm.